Welcome to Amplify. Nocturnal creatures noises edging out for You're listening to Eilish Nireen's Watershed, a song cycle on poetry by Jessica Brown, performed by pianist Jonit Kozowski and contralto Julie Comparini. And this week's episode features conversations about this work with composer Eilish Nireen and pianist Jonit Kozowski. I'm joined again by CMC director Yvonne Ferguson. Hi Yvonne. Hi Jonathan. So Yvonne, like Raymond Dean's work Vata, which was the subject of the previous episode of Amplify, Eilish Nireen's Watershed was also composed in 2020 during the pandemic. Yeah, composed during the pandemic in 2020 and I think very much resonating with us now post-pandemic because the texts, the poems from Jessica Brown's collection and say, well, all the poems, most of the poems in that collection are really about the poet's relationship with nature. And that's why I think it resonates so strongly with us, because for so many of us during the pandemic, that relationship with nature became so important. So we'll hear now from composer Eilish Nireen, And this is the continuation of a conversation which you would have heard in our episode about the Ulysses Journey 2022 project from a few weeks back. We link to it in the show notes. Recorded earlier this year on the 1st of February, St. Bridget's Day, Eilish spoke to me about the work, how she selected the text for the song cycle from Jessica Brown's collection and say, and about her work as a writer and composer. I absolutely love text. I mean, I write, so it's a given that there is an attraction to text. The economy and the brilliance of great poetic writing is hard to beat. It is a song cycle in the 19th century in definition. It's a solo character. There's a high connection with nature, the struggle of the individual against and with nature. Reading through these, I began to get a sense that there are themes here and gradually over time just distill my choices down to what I felt were the most robust pieces of writing that I could most importantly add something to because it can be argued that very fine poetry does not require music to enhance it. But I felt ultimately those poems of Jessica's that I selected could have an added resonance in a musical expression. I was walking through the oaks, yes, 
thought in my mind was I, I was aware that Yonit had a particular vocalist in mind, Julie Camperini. Uh, Julie's a very interesting vocalist. She's an alto with a very low alto range and a broad interest in music theatre. Uh, she's also a specialist in early music. So she has a great clarity to her voice and a great clarity to her expression and delivery. That's important to me because if I am going to work with a poet, I want to make sure that their work is complete comprehensible to an audience and the music does need to service that. I know other composers feel very differently about that but to me if you're going to engage the word I want to offer that word to my audience I want the audience to understand it in the context of the performance The oaks were creaking in the that seemed to suggest that, um, well, certainly impacted on how I approached which poems in particular to set and how to form the structure and hook it onto the words. It's interesting that you said about the words and the text being very present in in how you deal with that and and that you know maybe some composers having maybe diff differing opinions on on that or differing approaches on that when i listen to something by you know whichever composer i'm listening to which is a setting of text it's not always present you're not hearing the words whereas i really got a very strong sense of I heard the poems and also heard the music when, when I was listening to that so song cycle. When I write text for theatre myself, the conversation is around the words and character and the delivery and the rationale and the justification. This is the meat of what you're working with, the intent, how it's going to land, why you were saying this, how you were saying this. And for me, Having worked in that realm and that being a considerable part of my interest as a creative, I have to bring that into any time I work with words in music, um, and especially if it's somebody else's words. I do remember Jessica Brown, the poet for Watershed, saying to me several times, it's been so edifying for me to see how engaged you are in my writing. She said several times in, in rehearsal and conversation, I didn't know this was there. And I loved that because um, she was gracious enough to offer it up, but also to give me permission to say, I see it. Will you let me write it with you? I want to acknowledge the writer by reading one of her poems. And I'm just going to read some of this, in fact. It's the second song called Fenor in June. It was late evening. 
I had, had already, already gone. gone for my ocean swim that day. But as my son and myself edged along the low, far tide, I could not resist. I went back in. What I love about that is this is a young mother admitting that she's leaving her son on the strand and she's going fully dressed back into the ocean. Uh, I couldn't resist that because that is heightened and pointed and controversial. (laughs) All packed into a few words economically there. She's saying something significant. <laughs> and then the, the rest of the poem moves into the water, the nature, the arrestment of senses by the primordial. And in my mind, the vision of the sun on the strand. Where has the mother gone? But it's an artist who has to go and is also trying to be a mother at the same time. What she's trying to capture in these poems are those things that are very difficult to express, things that are difficult to be difficult to be heard saying. And if the poetry was easily readable, for me it loses its currency in terms of how robust it can be in a musical setting. So I guess it's the visual imagery and the pace and the sense of space that she's created around it offers up a chance for another artist to interrogate that and add something to it. Sometimes when we write words, they are coming from such a specific place and time, smell and essence of an experience that has affected us hugely, that we have difficulty reaching it again. Mm. That happens sometimes, and I, I understand it because I've experienced it, where what she has written is exactly that, but there is no real world or real time easy portal to get back to what was in that poet's head or that woman's head or that mother's head at that time. So I guess we're living in different worlds as artists, you know. It's not one world, there are multiple worlds that you're in and out of trying to create. I was within. As you mentioned, you're also a writer yourself. How does your relationship with the spoken word influence your music in general? I do view them as two completely separate things. 
Having said that, I know what I write is influenced by my interest in music, my questioning of the role of music, the function of music, the function of sound in space relative to content, narrative content or thrust of ideology. Those things are in parallel all the time, what I'm creating, whether it's in one world or the other. So there is a connection, but when it comes down to it, the project tends to be I'm either writing words or I'm writing music. On occasion, I'll do both, but that can be quite complicated. So for me, they are two very different realms. Which comes first, words or music? For me, it's always been words. Yes. You ask the question and my, my instinct is the, the right answer should be music, but it's not my answer. It's not my answer and that never has been the truth for me. It's always been the word. Um, but how you, how you receive the word and how you interrogate it and how that is processed through an, a, a, an artistic vessel or a creative person and what emerges from that can result in anything. It could be a film, it could be a piece of performative art. I mean, what, what the outcome is, we don't know, but how, what your impetus is for me is, is invariably text. And that's um, because, you know, my, my hearing isn't sufficient to enable me to start from a sound base. That is not what I can connect with. So if you equate it to someone with um, a sight impairment, for example, they're in to a piece of work may not be through that sense because that is not their strongest sense. So my hearing is my weakest sense, but my capacity for reading and understanding and interpreting and uh, breathing life into text it has always been very robust. So I guess that's my touchstone for starting a creative conversation. And in terms of your composition process, bring me into the world of you starting a piece or working on a piece. What does that look like? <laughs> it looks like a whole lot of neurosis. <laughs> Too much neurosis in one body. All the places my head goes when I'm trying to wrestle myself to the desk because that is what it is. It's, uh, it's, it's a goddamn wrestle. Do I sit down joyfully and, and immerse myself in anything creative? No, uh, I find it difficult every time. I'm not known for my prowess with, with a hoover or uh, washing dishes, but if things get <laughs> sufficiently bad, I, 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 I've even been known to bake something <laughs> in order to... Um, don't say sourdough now. <laughs> no, ne never sourdough. But um, I mean, I'm laughing about it now because it's pathetic. It's pathetic that you can be gifted with the ability to create something and that you can get yourself into such a state beginning it. Um, but that often is the case. I would say, however, when I'm working with text, that process is much, much easier. It seems to just, um, I don't know, it connects me. It's an easier portal into the creation for me and always has been. However, once I'm in, then it's hard to get hold of me again because this is self-administered lockdown. And once I'm in the zone, that's it. Uh, I can stay there for a very long time and really resent having to <laughs> move because once I'm in, I'm in. But getting to the in can be excruciating. <laughs>
going back to this piece, Watershed, you wrote that in 2020, so presumably at the height of the pandemic. To what extent did that, you know, that context of writing, the, the composing the piece during that time, did, did that affect the work or affect how you, how you, uh, how you grappled with those issues of of kind of breaking through and 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 getting down to 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 writing it. It was a fine commission to work on during the first lockdown because I live in a very rural place and I'm very lucky to have had access to green open fields and brown blackened moors every day. Watershed is very much connected to nature, saturated with references to nature. It's the rejuvenation of nature on us, I think, is what I identified with most while I was writing it at that time, because I think a lot of us got to a point where nothing was doing anything to help us feel any better about the situation we were in. The restorative effect of nature and the text for this song cycle resonated strongly and they made sense at that time. I think where Jessica Brown was coming from as the poet, her initial instinct to write some of these texts, the ones that I've chosen to set, are from that place of sometimes of struggle, of anger, of frustration with her place at that time and the release of nature, but the the torment of nature also. And I felt at a time where the only option left to us was to go out our door once a day for 20 minutes where I was living at least. It became very real that nature is the thing, the only thing here I can hold on to to try and get through this because I am rejuvenated by nature in a way that I am not by human beings. It makes my soul sing like nothing else and once I got sober and once I got well and better in my recovery. I realized this about myself. I didn't know these things about myself. These are all relatively new discoveries. But I was buoyed by nature's capacity to help me during that time. Elish Nireen, thank you so much for your time today. It was great to talk to you. Thank you, Jonathan. Elish Nireen on her song cycle Watershed, performed by contralto Julie Comparini and pianist Yonit Kosofsky. And it's Yonit who we hear from next. Yonit commissioned the song cycle in 2020. She had wanted to commission a song cycle for years. And as she explains, well, in 2020, the stars aligned to make her artistic vision a reality. My name is Yonit Kosofsky. I've always wanted to be able to commission a song cycle on poetry. This sort of manifested at the right time, in the right place, in a really magical, profound way. Um, I met Jessica a few years ago. We both live in the Killaloo area, and we had been talking about various things and various ideas and possible collaborations. And then she published this book of poetry, and I couldn't put it down. And um, I wept when I was reading her poetry. It's 
unlike anything I've experienced before, and yet at the same time, I could see possible influences from Elizabeth Bishop and, and other poets that I really admire. And I said, oh my gosh, these are the poems. This is the poet. And so I approached her. I said, how would you feel about possibly <laughs> having someone set your poems to music? And she said, wow, I really love that idea. And so then I told her about Ailish and I was sending her all these links and she was really enamored with her too. <laughs> and so, you know, in Judaism, there's this expression, bashert. It's like a soulmate. It's really meant to be. It was a bashert moment of this seems just right. All of these energies and people and ideas coming together. Julie Comparini is a contralto that I've actually known since around 1995, I think. Both of us share a passion for early music and for contemporary music. And in the initial process of, of conversing with Eilish and with Jessica and with Julie and myself, all of this took place over Zoom because lockdown happened. And Eilish was so welcoming and inviting to all of our voices. She drew out our individual voices and brought them into the song cycle. So it was unlike any collaborative experience I've really had before. And I play a lot of chamber music. Um, with Julie, Eilish was asking questions about not just vocal range, which is a standard question, but it went beyond that. Um, and questions to me as well, what are you comfortable with? How theatrical do you want to be? Do you have any technical challenges that I need to know about? Do you want this to be, how standard, how traditional do you want this to be? Should it just be song and piano, or can it be spoken? Can it be half-spoken? Is it okay if there's going to be solo piano? How present do you want the piano to be? And so the recording happened. Julie was able to fly over to Ireland and spend 10 wonderful days recording, rehearsing, and meeting Jessica in person. It's really been a wonderful project. Mm. It's so interesting to hear you talk about the fact that Eilish pulled the kind of artistic visions from all the collaborators and, and that it really was a kind of this discursive process, this um, collegial process from, from the four of you in creating this work. But it also strikes me that with you being an expert in historical performance practice, that that's probably something you're incredibly comfortable with. Like, I think for someone with your expertise in historical performance practice, it seems very natural to also bring those, I guess you could say, transferable performance practice skills into contemporary music. Early music 
and contemporary music have a lot in common. One of them is this notion that it's okay to experiment. You're making something new, you're creating, and it's okay to break boundaries and rules. And Monteverdi was doing this, and many of his contemporaries were doing this. Performance practice, to me, is not something that should belong to early music. It is a way of life. And we spend hours and hours, in fact, our entire lives, working with these scores to bring notation to life. And we have a lot of questions so that we can be informed. It's not really about finding the right answers. And I think if I feel that I have the answers to any music that I am performing, then I have stopped living. Above the reservoir, recline the angels, etching mementos in violins and violins. So here we have the watershed song cycle. And if someone were to ask me, well, what, what's it about? Is it a story? And I would have to say, no, it's, there's definitely not a story. There's stories, and there's a thread. And the thread that connects them has to do with Jessica's relationship to nature. But our relationship, all of our relationships to nature, which for many of us, myself included, became even more profound during the lockdown because we were home, those of us who had to be home and were not on the front line. And we had more time to go out in nature. And even if we weren't going out in nature, if you opened your window, things were more quiet. <laughs> and you could hear more birdsong, and there were fewer cars and so for me personally, my awareness, my, sen my sensory awareness was changed drastically during lockdown. And I had, as did many of my colleagues and friends and family members, an enormous amount of anxiety. And the Watershed Project really grounded me. It gave me a purpose. It gave me a focus. It gave me hope. Not only is the natural world referred to so beautifully and so much atmosphere set with the poems and with the, the, the musical settings of the poems and by your playing and Judy's singing, but also the recording will feature nature soundscapes. Not only will it feature n nature soundscapes, it also features poetry readings by Jessica. So we have four uh, recording sound artists who have gone around Lochderg. We wanted to bring that in to the watershed experience because so many of these poems were inspired by these locations. So it was very much local, locally inspired, but it is far-reaching in terms of who can enjoy this recording or these performances. I also really wanted to bring in Jessica's voice reading her poetry. And I thought, wouldn't it be fascinating for listeners to hear her reading of her poem and 
than to hear them when they're set musically. Locally inspired, globally engaging. That's, I think, sums it up, Yonit. Yonit Kozowski, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Cool.